At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, your official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 114-99 loss in Miami. Yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the HHC here. Hornets still split a quick two-game road trip and nearly overcame an 18-point halftime deficit in South Beach last night. Plenty to talk about despite the loss, plus the Hornets continue to get some love and turn some heads in the national media landscape. We'll tell you all the latest on that front, and is it too early to be talking about end-of-season awards already? We'll discuss that as well, and some formalities, but still some exciting news on the future of the Hornets as well. To help me break this all down, it's Wes Robinson, the coordinator of social media here at Hornet Sports and Entertainment. West, despite it being a Silver Lines edition, appreciate you joining me here over the weekend. Yeah, Rob, I mean, definitely, you know, I love hopping on these shows and being excited about a win, but, you know, it's a long season early on. I mean, we're still in a good place in the standards, and like you uh, talked about earlier, us being able to battle back after an 18-point deficit at halftime. I mean, all you ask for is that, you know, we compete every single night and making sure that, you know, we're doing the best we can, especially on the road, to at least try to compete with these wins. But if you're going to take a loss, it's against a team that possibly we'll see in the playoffs down the line. They're also playing well as well. So, tough one in Miami, but we have three more to go against those guys. Yeah, like you mentioned, three more to go, a divisional opponent. We've seen some of these battles play out, especially in the postseason as well in years past, but let's rewind to last night. The Hornets got off to a good start, opened up with a 7-2 lead early in the game. Unfortunately, 
That was the last lead that the Hornets held last night. Miami ripped off a 9-0 run and took the lead for good at that point. Rebounding was the biggest issue for the Hornets. They were out-rebounded 20-8 in the first quarter alone and trailed by 11 after the first frame. Kelly Oubre was the reason why the Hornets were even in the game at that point as he racked up 11 points going 3-for-3 from beyond the arc in that quarter. Hello ball, keeping the crossover in front of Tucker. Flings it cross court to Martin, hand off Oubre. Wants another three, it's on its way, it's good again. Kelly Oubre Jr. Yet another low, drilling three point shot. He's got 11 early in Fuego here in Heat Country. From there, things did not get much better in the second quarter. Charlotte had to call two timeouts in the second stanza to kill a couple of Miami runs, one of which was a 23-7 extended run all the way back from the final two minutes of the first quarter. Hornets got decimated in the paint and on the glass, which is something Sam Farber and I talked about during the preview podcast yesterday. Charlotte shot just 38% from the floor in the first 24 minutes. The third quarter was by far the best quarter for Charlotte last night. The Hornets cut the deficit to single digits thanks to a 6-for-9 shooting mark beyond the arc, mostly by Gordon Hayward, who went 3-for-3 from three-point land in that third frame. Hayward catch and shoot three on the way. Rattles in another one. Gordon Hayward, yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. He's nailed three this half. He's got 16 points now. Hayward finishes with a team-high 23 points, 16 of which came in the second half, but the Hornets couldn't close the gap in the fourth quarter. Charlotte got as close as eight, but the Heat were able to pull away down the stretch as the Hornets were held under the century mark for the first time this season. Here's what Gordon Hayward said afterwards about what the team needs to do to avoid that happening again this season, not only getting held under 100 points, but fixing the rebound margin as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we can get defensive rebounds you know now we can push the pace and get out in transition and kind of not let their defense set up do what we want to do in that regard you know i think it's it's also draining when you when you get a stop and then they get another chance and you get another stop and they get another chance and another chance and i think that got to us a little bit so you know that's something that we we, we got to be better it's hard to win when get out rebounds like that. So Hornets fall to 4-2 before a big showdown in a big back-to-back at home beginning this Sunday against the Portland Trailblazers. Let's dive a little bit deeper into this one, Wes. What was your silver lining? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just the continuous play of Miles Bridges. I mean, night in and night out, uh, this guy is continuing to stay consistent and score in many different ways. I tweeted earlier today that he's still one of the best in the game that could pretty much get his shot off anywhere on the floor. That's knocking down threes, that's attacking the rim, that's also running the floor, still giving his guys a chance to be able to uh, get down, be the first one down the floor to, to be, put himself in position to score. He can also play with his back to the basket and has a nice touch around the rim. I mean, I just love everything this guy has been able to do and how he's been able to evolve his game. And a lot of what James Borrego talked about in the offseason is that Miles worked really hard this summer on his game. And I think we're really starting to see – where he's been able to work and what what areas that he wanted to get better at. And it's just been it's been fun to watch him over these last five games. And Cody Martin, I mean, he had a career high last night. He had around 15 points. That's a career high for him. He's also a person that's also been huge for us. And we, we've always known that Cody's been a guy who's the, pretty much going to get down and gritty, the guy who's going to be able to die for loose balls. He's also a great defender. But the most impressive part that we've been able to rely on Cody Martin on is his outside shooting. He went two for four last night, but he's been able to shoot that three ball consistently around the corner and on the wing area. Gives to the high post to Miles Bridges. He'll face up against Adebayo. Runs right by him. Up with a right-handed finger roll. Yes, and one opportunity. 
That Miles and one opportunity was the closest that the Hornets got in the second half for mounting a comeback, but it just wasn't meant to be. For me, Wes, my silver lining was getting P.J. Washington back out on the floor. He missed the last two games with a knee injury and was listed as doubtful leading up to last night's game, but he suited up and provided a defensive spark a few times there in some key stretches to keep the Hornets in this one the best that he could. Here's what James Borrego said about what it meant to get P.J. Washington back into the fold and how he played last night. Yeah, I thought he played well. I'll have to go back and watch the film. I thought P.J. gave us some good minutes. You know, I think he'll get those legs back underneath him. It's good to get him back out there today to get off to it. But I thought he played aggressively. His shots will fall. We trust him. We need him. When he's on the floor, good things happen. I know I've alluded to this a few times in some previous podcasts, but... Getting P.J. Washington back at this point right now is more important for the Hornets than getting Terry Rozier back, who continues to be sidelined with that ankle injury. The lack of experienced depth at the five is something that could be an issue for the Hornets this season, as Kelly Oubre has been a tremendous fill-in for Terry Rozier so far this season. Wes, I don't think you could ask much more from Kelly Oubre, and that's why I think P.J. Washington is the more important player to get back moving forward. Absolutely. And if you look at what Terry can provide for us, we're we're really not missing a beat from uh, being able to run the floor, being able to have Ish Smith play as, as the backup point to LaMelo. I mean, we're still having a strong pace to play. We've been able to average uh, 121 points a game without him. That's not to say anything that, I mean, once he gets, gets in, it's just going to be even better for us. But as you saw tonight, being able to, to uh, battle around the rim against Bam Adebayo, the Miami Heat was killing us on the boards, and it was, a def- it was a place that they saw that we were weak at. And like Gordon Hayward talked about, is giving them the second-chance opportunities to be able to get their shot off, knowing that if we, if we get a good stop, then they have to fight again for another stop because they weren't able, weren't able to re- rebound the ball and get the turnover. It just kind of hurts the chance for us to make any kind of comeback when you're scoring like that. So we did definitely miss P.J.'s presence. He's, he's a little undersized with most centers, but – you cannot deny that he has a strong presence for on the rebound and defensive efforts. My other silver lining, Wes, is that this team did not quit down the stretch. And we've seen that a few times this season already. Like, example, you know, the first game of the season against Indiana, down 24 at one point. I mean, they could have easily just as called it quits in that one. Charlotte, of course, has trailed in all but one game at the break. Some large, some small. I mean, you have a couple points here and there against, like, the ones against Cleveland where it was only single digits, and then you have the one like Indiana, and you have the one like tonight where it was a little bit of a bigger margin. But at the end of the day, this team goes down fighting, which isn't easy to do over the course of an 82-game season. There are some nights where if you don't have it, it is really easy just to mail it in and move on to the next one. Yep, absolutely. And this is the team that's always going to fight. I mean, this is the this is something that James Borrego always won when he came in as a head coach uh, three or four years ago. Is that we, we, he always promised fans that no matter what, we were always going to put our best foot forward and we were always going to beat every single night. Compete was always a word that he always wanted to utter to his team, and that's the team that we're never going to lay down. Even when the other team think that we're going to throw in the white flag, we just refuse to do so. We're, we're going to try to not only play hard, but also take something from this game. We're like a team like Miami. We lose the first matchup, but we know we have to see them down the line and possibly in the playoffs. We're going to play as hard as we can to see if there's anything that we can take from these games so that we can use it against them for the second or third time we'll play them. So you're always going to see us play hard every single night. That's the thing I love about Charlotte. If you're one of those people that will turn the game off a little early, then you're missing out because you, you will miss out. You probably missed out on the first game when we came back on Indiana. 
will always look for us to be able to have and compete all the way to the buzzer. I've said it once, I'll say it again, the Hornets, for the most part this season, are a second-half team, and last night was not any exception to the rule by that, although they do fall 114-99 to in South Beach. Defense had its hands full last night as Miami put up 33 points, 31 points, 20 points, and 30 points. The Hornets on the other side couldn't break 30 in the game for the first time this season in any quarter throughout one whole game. So moving forward, Hornets got a little bit of work cut out for them. Again, credit to Miami, though. A great defensive team was number one in defense going into this one. Hornets, of course, were number one of offense going into this one. Something had to give, and it ended up being the Miami Heat coming away with a 114-99 to victory. Big two-game slate coming up here on Sunday, though, a especially here at the Hive, back-to-back, both games at home. Sunday against the Trailblazers, a 7 o'clock tip, and then you get a 7 o'clock tip on Monday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You, of course, can get your tickets at Hornets.com or the Hornets mobile app or Ticketmaster.com to secure your seats for these two games, which should be some good ones and are some big ones because after this, you're not going to have a chance to catch the Hornets at home for a good bit as they head out on a West Coast swing beginning in Golden State in a couple of days in the middle of next week. We will get into that in a couple of podcasts down the road here in a few days but in the meantime there's still plenty to talk about on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast still a lot of national news going on out there in favor of the Hornets they've been getting recognition everywhere as Miles Bridges has become kind of a focal point around the association and we'll tell you all about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta cataracts made it hard to see clearly even movies were blurry so I went to Charlotte Eye Ear Nose and Throat Associates Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Wes Robinson of Hornets Social Media here with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast after Charlotte Falls 114 to 99. But Wes, as we take a look moving forward, the Hornets continue to get a lot of national love. I call it some national buzz. I know, pun intended here. But a lot of media outlets have really been covering the Hornets, the hot start that they've had. One of them, of course, was Sports Illustrated. Earlier yesterday, there was a Sports Illustrated staff roundtable that discussed a ton of topics. One of them was which team is off to the most surprising start. There was nothing mentioned there about the Hornets, which team is off to the most disappointing start. Of course, thankfully the Hornets were not mentioned in that one. But the third topic was which player is off to the most surprising start. And everybody well, except for one, said that it is Miles Bridges. A couple of the quotes here, Miles Bridges, quote, he deserves a ton of credit for making what looks like a mini leap. He's scoring the ball consistently. Somebody else says Miles Bridges was an exclamation point, and he said that probably needs more exclamation marks. Have you seen this dude's highlights, his sledgehammer dunks, the flurries of three-pointers? Oh, my. Bridges is doing everything he did in his first three NBA seasons just more often and more aggressively with ruthless efficiency. And he goes on to reference some stats about how he's on on pace for career highs in points, rebounds, three-pointers, free throws per game, free throw percentage, effective field goal percentage, the list goes on and on. And then the interesting one was Chris Mannix. And Chris Mannix says that, quote, no one saw him coming. He has more than doubled his scoring average from last season while racking up 330-plus point games in his first five. James Borrego told me this week that the silver lining to Charlotte's injury-plagued second half of last season afforded Bridges more opportunities. He has built on that and looks like an all-star early on. And Chris Mannix went 
on to quote tweet the article out yesterday and said, give Miles Bridges the most improved player award now. Now, Wes, we'll save that topic a couple of seconds here, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on not only the praise that Miles Bridges is getting here from Sports Illustrated, but more importantly, the national recognition that the Hornets are generating this early in the season. Yeah, I love the national attention that we're getting right now. It's much deserved and it's well deserved for a lot of these guys because uh, we've been putting in so much work over the last years when Mitch came in and brought in James Borrego and setting the foundation for what the team was already was when James uh, took over the team and where they set their goals to be over the uh, next four years. And they're right on pace of being where they are. I know Eric Collins and Dell talked about on their broadcast the other day that this is the first time that James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak were able to have a team that they handpicked themselves through drafts and trades and signings. So this is the first time they could have the product that, that they really wanted and, and the future that they wanted to build with this team. But I have to disagree with Chris. He said, you know, no one saw this coming. Well, I mean, clearly we did. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to raise my hand and say, you know, uh, definitely seeing Miles work day in and day out from his rookie year, you, you knew something special was coming that eventually it was going to click in his head. He came into the game more of like an athletic guy, right? So they tried him at many different positions. Uh, he played the two a little bit. They tried to put him at the four position. Uh, it was a lot of experimenting with Miles, trying to figure out where they can best put him. But everybody will always label him as just a wing guy who can dunk. But the best part about his game was always his outside shooting. And I think we're really starting to see more of that now. I mean, uh, Eric talked about it tonight saying he, he could possibly be a 50-40-90 guy, I mean, that would be amazing if he could finish the season like that. But he has that kind of potential of being that efficient on the floor where he's able – there's not a bad shot that Miles takes. You know, it's one that it's confident. He knows where where he, where a sweet spot is for him and where he can shoot it. And he knows when he could have a flashback and be 19-, 20-year-old Miles and jump and slam over you or possibly get, you know, get a putback. So that's the best part about his game is that there's so many different ways that, he, is that he's able to grow. And he's adding to the excitement that we've already built up uh, with this team. LaMelo Ball is definitely uh, spearheading that for sure. But it's definitely the other uh, guys that are coming in as well that were drafted who are now developing their games to the next level, just like Miles, such as Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin himself, Miles Bridges, and also P.J. Washington. These guys are all, were all handpicked by uh, Mitch Kupchak, and they're all taking steps forward up the ladder of where they want to be in their game and what they want to be with this team. Miles Bridges last season, by the way, taking a look at his stat line, 503-40 and 86-7. So he nearly had his 50-40-90 season last year as well, just missed it by a couple of foul shots, if I do recall correctly, because I don't think he got to the foul line as often as he has been the first couple of games of the season. I remember Sam Farber referencing that. He's the math guy. I just kind of listen to him and believe whatever he says here. So I will defer to him down the line here in a couple of podcasts to reaffirm or just say, no, Rob, you were completely wrong in that. But we'll see if my memory serves me correct. But at any rate, the national buzz is great, obviously, Wes. But the one thing that I just don't know if we're going to go down this, I don't want to go into the weeds a whole lot here right now. It's you know, six games into the season, but you know, if the season for some reason, well, knock on wood, we're not going to go there because we know what's happened in the past. If the season ended today, I guess that Miles Bridges would be the front runner for most improved player. But like you mentioned, we've saw what he was able to do last season. If you are in the Charlotte area, if you have even been remotely a Hornets fan for the last 12 months, not even 12 months, I would say the last eight months, you would have a pretty good idea that, you know, Miles Bridges was very capable of this. And now we're just seeing kind of the fruits of his labor and what he worked on this offseason. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's it's everything that he's been able to experiment on, and he's he's talked about it a lot. There's no secret to what Miles Bridges has been working on. I mean, he, he's let the world know, you know, that he wanted to be better with his outside shooting and being able to find his spots on the floor and play with his back to the basket and finish strong at the rim. You know, he wants to be a versatile guy. And he also takes pride in his defensive efforts as well. You know, he's one of the guys that's not afraid to guard some of the best guys in the game. But sometimes he'll go down to the block and guard some big guys, you know, and not afraid to take any of those punches down low. So it's just amazing to see. I, I love all the excitement and the recognition that Miles is getting for sure. And I know there's so much more to his game. I mean, the season did end today, Rob. I mean, I could be wrong. Some fans will probably get at me about this. But the season ended today. I mean, he's possibly an all-star. Uh, being, being Not probably getting in so much talent in the, in the East, but possibly getting that look that, you know what, maybe he could get in. Uh, based on his stats and how well he's been playing. But definitely for sure, uh, that it's a little early, but MIP is, is fair enough. And I think that's good enough for his progression. Uh, and don't forget, Miles was a guy who was not selected in his first year at the Rising Stars game. But he took that personal. That he, he did not have the rookie year that he wanted to have uh, when he first came to Charlotte. And, he, and from since that time that he didn't get selected in the Rising Stars game, he really took every single season after that personal. And then he had to make it in his following sophomore year alongside P.J. Washington and formerly Devontae Graham. And with so much excitement, you're playing with people like John Morant, Zion Williamson. You would think those guys would be the highlight of that weekend, but it was Miles Bridges himself who tweeted at halftime uh, something like, all right, bet, because people were talking about him not being able to play well in the first half. And he ended up scoring like 18, 20 points in the second half and won the MVP honors. And he's just been on a, a skyrocket from there. If I had to bet on one person on the Hornets to disprove others, it would be Miles Bridges just because of the way that that mentality has, that Flint, Michigan mentality, that Spartan mentality from his days at Michigan State. One of the things that I remember is before the season started, right after the Dallas preseason game, which of course we all know it happened, I remember he went out on social media and tweeted, get your jokes out of the way now because, you know, they won't be relevant pretty soon. And sure enough, he was correct. I mean, the Hornets off to a 4-2 and two start, so you couldn't ask much from Miles Bridges, who, oh, by the way, is the reigning conference player of the week as well. So everything coming up purple and teal so far for Miles Bridges. Hornets off to a 4-2 and two start, and Charlotte got some more good news yesterday as we take a look at the future of the Hornets. Yes, they were kind of formalities, but this really solidifies the building blocks of this team moving forward. We'll tell you all about that next, right? here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Rob Longo and Wes Robinson with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And Wes, we got some news right before tip-off last night where it is officially official by Mitch Kupchak as the president of basketball operations and general manager announcing that the team has exercised its third year option on guard Lamella Ball. Again, no surprise there. And its fourth year option on PJ Washington. Also not a surprise by any means, but these are just kind of formalities in a sense. But Sam Farber before the game yesterday on the pregame show with Sports Radio FNZ had to sit down with James Brego like he always does and asked JB about what that officially means for the Hornets moving forward. Yeah, they deserve that. Obviously, uh, they're off to great starts, and 
you know, we're proud of them. They're a part of our program. This is just another example of that, the, the belief, the trust in them. So I'm proud of them, and uh, I expect them to be here for many years to come. Expect them for many years to come. And, of course, you know, we always hope that LaMelo Ball will stay here forever and ever in Queen City. And B.J. Washington has definitely earned that merit as well because of his play on the floor. So, Wes, I asked a question to you. You mentioned it here in the second segment about how Mitch Kupchak and James Brago are finally having their own team in the fold. By the way, a quick quiz for you. Who is the longest-tenured Hornet now, by the way? I'm sure you'll get this. Um. Man, the, the the longest center Hornet right now has to be, uh, I think it has to be Terry Rosier himself. No, it's Miles Bridges. Oh, my, oh yeah, Kimball Walker here. <laughs> yep, exactly. I stumped. I stumped West. I will. You know, I'll. I'll put one on the whiteboard for me. But at any yeah, rate, West, you know, what does this formality mean for the Hornets moving forward? Oh, definitely. I mean, rejoice. Uh, Lamelo Ball wants to stay here longer, <laughs> and we want him here longer as well. I mean, that's no surprise for sure. But definitely, I mean, with PJ Washington, I mean, it just speaks a lot to what uh, his game has, you know, been, been able to provide for us. I know a lot of people had a lot of questions with uh, him being moved out of the lineup and being now, you know, coming off the bench with the second unit is like worrying about what his future will look like with the Charlotte Hornets. But I think his role has not changed. I mean, I think uh, Jace Borrego is just trying so many different looks on. The, the league and the game is continuing to evolve in so many different ways. And with P.J., he gives us an excellent opportunity to play small ball and allows us to play faster than a lot of these other teams. So he still gives us a great advantage. And he's also great with his outside shooting. I'll never forget John Calipari was very shocked and surprised to see P.J. in his first game uh, shoot lights out and set the NBA record for an NBA debut by a rookie. I think he scored like 27 in that first game, and he, and he, he talked about it on Twitter that – P.J. wasn't a guy that really shot the ball as much in college. I mean, it wasn't that he couldn't shoot it. It was just that they, it wasn't really much needed playing alongside Tyler Hero, who pretty much had a great game against us uh, last night. But, you know, to know that he's a guy that we can rely on to play small ball, and he's also a solid defender as well. Like I, I alluded to earlier, that he, he's a little undersized than most big men in the league. But for one, he's not easily intimidated. He's definitely going to go after you. He's definitely strong. Uh, if you don't know, I mean, Pay attention to the last possession against Indiana when he was able to – when his one job that whole night, despite uh, his game offensively, was to pretty much lock down uh, NBA All-Star as a bonus and hold him off for that last shot. And he did an excellent job by moving his feet, sliding his hips, and forming a wall to make it a tough contested shot against the bonus. So it's definitely um, – fun to know that we're going to be able to solidify our what we want to create with this team without point guard and also having P.J. Washington on the block. We all know what LaMelo Ball brings to the table. You know, we don't have to spend the last five minutes of this podcast or so going over, you know, what LaMelo means to this team and all that stuff. We already know what it is. But to me, what this means officially, when you take a look at the exercising, the option on P.J. Washington is that James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak are committed to the system that they have built so far. Yeah, you're not going to have P.J. Washington go out there and be the quintessential traditional center. He's going to be a stretch five. He's going to be a guy that can spread the floor out a little bit. He can sit in the corner and shoot threes, and he can play really good defense, like you mentioned, like we saw it against the Monta Sabonis in the Indiana Pacers on opening night here at the Hive. For me, you know, it's a testament of the hard work that you mentioned that P.J. has done and his unselfishness. I mean, it's really easy for him to pout and say, you know, now that I'm not starting and now that this outside help has been brought on, you know, maybe I don't want to be here anymore. But, you know, he's a team player. 
He has been really good when he's been called upon so far this season. And last night, like I mentioned in the first segment, was just kind of an example of that because he was able to go in there, kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit defensively, and he's settled down the defense a little bit. And of course, you know, when you get a stop on defense, it turns right over to offense. He had a couple of good offensive possessions as well. So definitely excited to see P.J. Washington continue to stay here in the Queen City as well, of course, as LaMelo Ball. Wes Robinson of social media here at Hornets Sports and Entertainment. Appreciate you hopping on the HHC as always. And hopefully the next time we get to do this, it's not a silver linings and we're talking about a win. Absolutely. The podcast is much better with wins, but you guys do a great job also in in these situations as well. Go Hornets, and we'll see you all on Sunday. That is right. We will see you on Sunday here at the Hive. You can still get your tickets at Hornets.com as the Hornets return home to the Hive and take on the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, and former Hornet Cody Zeller, and the rest of the Portland Trailblazers. And then, of course, you can come back on Monday as well as the Hornets take on a young Cavaliers team who I believe, you know, we'll see what they can do here at the Hive, but they have a little bit more fight in them than I think some other people will believe. Once again, thank you to Wes for joining me here on the HHC, and thanks to all of you for joining us as well. Sam Farber will hop on the HHC tomorrow to give you a preview of Sunday's game against the Portland Trailblazers with Carla Gebhardt of Fox 46. For all that action, of course, you can keep it tuned right here to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.